0: What is up everybody and welcome to the Comfort Zone Fitness Podcast brought to you by Fortino Fitness. I'm your host, Ezio Fortino, and as always, I'm here to teach you to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. From beginners wanting to see lasting changes in the mirror to advanced lifters and athletes frustrated with fat loss plateaus and nagging injuries, I will unpack a healthy approach to developing an aesthetic, powerful, and functional body while also enjoying the present journey. So get comfy as I help you discover that your greatest changes take place when you move just outside your comfort zone. If I got a penny every time someone asked me, what's the best workout? Well, I think I'll spare you the answer to that idiom. In all seriousness, I do have the answer to that question, yet the answer is so clear that you will shake your head and think to yourself why you couldn't figure it out. The truth is this, it's always easier to give advice to someone else than it is to follow your own. That's why we're all walking contradictions. No matter what area of life we are in, it's always easier to view things from an objective point of view because we're able to see the scope of things from the outside of the bubble, sort of speak. When we are the actual subjects inside the bubble, we are metaphorically blind to anything except for what we ultimately want to see. Sound familiar? Okay, now to the answer. The best workout is the one that you're not currently doing. Yes, stop obsessing over your bodybuilding split in the gym and move away from that. Chances are you have already hit a plateau and your body is not responding anymore because your body is used to the same stimulus now. And if you think you're going to outsmart your body by doing an incline bench instead of your flat bench during your chest day, which, by the way, is the one day that you'll never skip at the gym, you're going to be sadly mistaken. What you need to do is shake up the foundation of how you train altogether. In fact, if you don't, it could also lead to nagging injuries because you might be stuck in a specific rep range because someone told you that you need to incorporate progressive overload all the time. And that you need to chase those numbers or you won't make any progress. You're not making progress because you're not letting your body experience a different stimulus, which will aid and help your body become efficient and other movements before you go back to your favorite training routine. Don't believe me? Let me speak through experience. Everyone prefers their own routine and modality of training. For some, it's cardio and some weights. And for others, it's like a sprint to see how fast they can finish their workout. In fact, I could actually argue that anyone listening right now that was actually consistent on going to the gym a few times per week until they closed, I bet that you had to dramatically change things up in your routine from home. And please leave me a voicemail or DM me on Instagram and let me know. Did you actually get pleasant results because you finally had to shake things up by doing full body routines instead of your full body split that you were doing before? Were you able to finally shake off that nagging injury that was bothering you for months because you wouldn't want to listen to your body and stop for a little bit? Sometimes, unless you're forced into change, nothing will. So where do I come in? Well, for me, it was doing research on a couple of aspects of training that led to dead ends and myths. And by the way, these myths are still being emphasized on social media today because they grab the attention of the masses who have been doing endless researches on Google, YouTube, And IG for all their answers. I even followed some of these myths myself, thinking that would make a difference. When in reality, it didn't. I was just spinning my wheels. The first was spot reducing body fat on certain areas of your body. People would ask me how to reduce fat on certain areas of their body, including abs, so that they could look better. The truth is this. You can't. Like I mentioned in an earlier podcast based on genetics, we are already predisposed from birth where we as individuals will store body fat. Fat is also stored in our body from a stress hormone called cortisol. So basically we're in double trouble. What we can however do is reduce overall body fat through a calorie deficit. This will shed body fat everywhere on your body and even some parts where you like to have a bit of more fat. This is why if you've ever gone on a diet, people will notice right away based on your head, your neck, and your overall appearance. You basically just have created a skinny fat version of yourself, especially if you didn't incorporate any strength training into your diet, just cardio alone. What people don't tell you about aggressive fat loss is this. Expect to lose fat, but depending on how aggressive your cut was, say goodbye to about 10% of your muscle mass as well. What I recommend you do for solving this problem is utilizing strength training and compound movements in order to tone and tighten up all the areas while providing extra volume on the parts, any body part for that matter, that you may wanna place an emphasis on. After we achieve the look that you want on a certain body part, we can then go on a calorie deficit slowly to sharpen the body, and then you can decide when you wanna stop. That's why it's so important to cut in stages and cut slowly so that you actually enjoy the process and you don't feel like you're dieting at all. From experience, some people don't even want to cut after they experience the benefits of strength training. In the end, skinny fat individuals have just concentrated on building muscle and fixing your metabolism, which would and have given you the best results if you want to tone your body, so to speak. If there is a certain body part that you want to fix or make more toned, You can always add in more volume by adding more exercises, sets, and or reps to your training program. This strategy, given that you're not overtraining, can reap tons of benefit and will give you the results that you want. Remember this tip and don't forget it. Lift weights and diet without cardio first, if your goal is to be toned and lose fat. If you're using cardio as a mental health or stress coping mechanism, That's a different story. Don't lose that. Think this to yourself when you start a new program. What can I do today that I think I can do every day for the next five to 10 years or so get the results that you deserve without burning out. If, and when you need a fat loss boost for an occasion, or you need to fit into those skinny jeans, then you can ramp up the cardio for a few weeks while you take away some of your strength training um, programs. But that's as far as you should take it. On another note, you also have to remember that after a few short weeks of body part specialization, you need to allow the body part that you are concentrating on to have some time to rest, chill, grow, and repair. In other words, if you're trying to build an aesthetic-looking chest and you've built a program around chest specialization, if you don't lay off for a few weeks, the gains that you were once making will then flat plateau, and you will then start to become frustrated. By then it's too late. So do I suggest, have a second body part or a third, like your arms, your triceps, that you can now switch to from, let's just say, weeks four to six, before going back to your chest specialization for week seven. This is called periodization. You don't always have to train this way, but I find that more experienced lifters tend to benefit from this type of training because their body has already experienced tons of various different uh, types of stimulus over the years of training. How about beginners? Like I mentioned in previous podcasts, when it comes to dieting or training, everyone loves beginners because they will respond the most. I call them sponges because anything they do, their body will respond. A new stimulus for the body equals change. But like I said before, after a short while, the gains go away and the injuries come to play. So in the end, I suggest that beginners spend the majority of their time learning the proper movements and motions of compound lifts to get stronger. The only positive thing I can see about gyms being closed is not having access to fancy Smith machines and equipment. Incorporating body weight exercises, bands and dumbbells will work wonders because they require that you use other stabilizing muscles in order to control the weight, which will, in turn, will activate your central nervous system and wake up all of your muscle fibers. The only time that I do suggest fancy equipment and machines is because someone is injured and or they're going through a specialization program for a certain body part. So for the majority of us, compound lifts are always going to be key. So now that you know that you need to switch things up from time to time in your workout, and that you can also target and tone a certain body part by adding more volume. Let's answer the next question, and it's an important one. What are my goals? What do I ultimately want to achieve from my workout? Do I want to move better, look better, or build solid strength? Be able to prepare for a physical test, or do you want to be able to dunk on everyone from a basketball court? You need to pick something, but that will determine what type of exercise resume that you will encounter. So let's go through them. If your goals are more sports specific and you're looking to be faster, stronger, and more explosive on the field, the ice, or the court, then you need to train in a more athletic manner. In this case, I would add explosive movements and exercise such as box jumps, bench jumps, um, lateral jumping, skater hops, Bulgarian split squats, and any and all other lower body exercises. That will help you train to explode out of certain positions. It would also be beneficial to train unilaterally, meaning that most or some of the exercises that I already mentioned would be performed on a single leg. When we play sports, we're turning, we're pivoting, dribbling, balancing, and basically putting our bodies in very unpredictable situations. What we want to do is strengthen those body parts and bulletproof them to perform at their best when called upon. So, for example, let's take a midfielder in soccer. A person like that wouldn't specialize in a chest or an upper body specialization program because that soccer player needs to be light, agile, and explosive by quickly responding to situations on the field and need to be able to help offensively and defensively. The last thing I would do is prescribe a program that would add more muscle mass to his or her upper body. That wouldn't address his or her goals and would slow them down in the process. Mission failed. However, if I utilize unilateral training and some, val- and some foundational movements such as squats and deadlifts, I can make that player more explosive and faster. How about if you just want to look amazing in the mirror? You don't care about how high you can jump or how agile you are in the soccer field. You want all show, no go look. You want the beach body, the Hollywood body or actor body, so to speak. If that's what you're after, we have to build you a program that targets aesthetics in order to sculpt and shape the body that you want. In order to do this, we have to strategically incorporate strength training along with increased volume, supersets, and maybe some drop sets for that matter. We have to basically add muscle and tone certain parts of your body that will give you that V taper or hourglass shaped body. How does that look like? Well, in addition to your compound lifts, such as your bench, your deadlifts, and your squats, we also have to create tension and resistance by incorporating isolation exercise. Let's just say such as flies, tricep pushdowns, and lateral raises in order to fill in the gap to make you look your best. Whatever your goal is, you need to address it. This is why I'm against cookie cutter workouts from YouTube and fitness apps that make you input some information and it automatically generates a workout plan for you. The YouTube instructor doesn't know about your goals, your past injuries, your lifestyle, and if you're getting enough sleep. The fitness app does, however, let you input your reps and weight and automatically sometimes generates workouts for you based upon your results. But again, just like YouTube or any other online fitness app it doesn't understand that you had to pull an all-nighter for an exam it doesn't understand that your newborn was crying all night long and you didn't get any sleep and the app certainly won't know if you're suffering from an injury what you really need is a person who will strategically create a plan for you that will primarily take away any existing injuries or pain and will give you mobility exercises that will make you move better and then from there can recommend specific exercises in order to give your body and get the body that you've always desired. It's really that simple. And you don't have to commit to five to seven days per week. In fact, any beginner that I would coach almost always starts off with only two days a week, which is plenty to be making gains. Because I guarantee you, most of you are overdoing it and overtraining. And the reason I say overtraining is because I also need to know your lifestyle. I need to know what you're doing on your off days it's literally more important than what you're doing when you're working out. Do you work in an environment where you're sitting on a chair all day? Are you on your feet all day working construction? The thing is that the way I would create a plan for someone active like a construction worker is very different from a program that I would make and develop for a teacher, a student, or anyone working in an office or on a chair. For some, it could be two days of resistance training and one day of mobility work. And for others, it could be five days of resistance training and two days of mobility work. So basically, it varies according to the experience level, lifestyle, movement patterns, and of course, available equipment. And please don't buy into TikTok videos of people lifting their couches and unsafe, awkward things around their house. This almost always leads to injuries. And in saying that, the one exercise that I hate and I don't recommend that you use at home is a chair dip. Now, while I love the idea of isolating your triceps, I'm not crazy about placing your shoulder in a very vulnerable position by extending it behind you and then gripping a chair. Now, first of all, if the chair slips, you're in trouble. And secondly, you're putting unnecessary strain on your shoulder girdle. So what's the solution? You want to add some beef and you want to tone up your jello triceps? So when you wave like the queen, you won't see anything shaking but your hand. (laughs) Easy. Perform diamond, otherwise known as a close-grip push-up. These are extremely effective in developing your triceps, as well as your chest. While these types of push-ups can be extremely challenging for most, modifying the exercise by placing your knees on the ground is a great way to take away some resistance. And what if you find them too easy? Then perform diamond push-ups by elevating your feet on a chair. In the end, you don't need a home gym in order to build an aesthetic body. Using your own body weight in combination with any other equipment that you might have laying around your house is an excellent way to get the results that you want. Depending on your goals, I can create an entire program based on body weight alone that give you the same results as if you were in the gym with the right intention. And this is what I mean by this. Now, oftentimes, body weight exercise get a bad rep. And why is this? Well, because people will like always perform them without rest and always in a circuit manner, which means that they perform a number of exercises back to back to back without any rest. Do you guys remember what I always preach on this podcast? Your body is only good at prior to prioritizing one thing at a time. If this is the case, then why do people have to race through their workout when they're trying to build muscle and tone up? It's a conversation that stumps so many people because they think they can effectively burn fat and build muscle at the same time during the workout. I hate to say this, but save your cardio and sweat for your off days when you don't strength train. Keep them separately. Perform a setup or a set for push-ups and let your body rest for about two minutes at least until you perform it again. Instead of going to failure all the time, which I will dive into in another podcast when I break down reps and weight and rest periods, it's important to send a muscle building signal to your body. And in order for this to happen, you need to chill. Get a drink of water, change the song in your iTunes, go to the washroom. You're not wasting time. Yes, it will take you longer to get through your workout, but the intention and the goals that you want for your body needs to match your training. And if you're not timing your rest periods or tracking your reps and writing things down, you're missing out on real gains. By resting, you're sending a positive signal to your body and allowing your muscles to recover and prepare for more. On the other hand, if you go to failure all the time on your push-ups, How are you gonna have the strength to perform the next exercise? Let's just say it's shoulders. What I'm saying is this, without getting into too much detail about reps, stop pushing your body to failure all the time in your workouts, especially if you're doing it all the time. Stop your exercises just before it starts to get really hard. This will do three things. Number one, it will send a positive muscle building signal to your body. Number two, It will prevent overtraining. And number three, it will provide you with a different stimulus. Remember when I said that the best workout is the one thing you're not doing? Well, I can guarantee you that most people are not resting enough when they're performing bodyweight exercises. Let's move on now. How about if you're training for something specific like a marathon or even fulfilling your vocation of being a firefighter or a police officer for that matter? Now, that's very specific. You need to obviously pass a physical assessment test of some sort because in reality, the general public rely on you to serve and protect them. In this case, a combination of muscular strength and muscular endurance is needed in order to build a foundation for success. From there, in order to pass these difficult tests, it's important to become efficient at the movements that you'll be tested on. So for example, if you need the strength to pick up a person from the floor who's suffering from smoke inhalation, You need to be able to deadlift in an explosive manner in order to save someone's life, as well as your own without injuring yourself, of course. How about if your friend of yours just called you to help him move a couch? Do you want to be able to safely lift the couch from the floor without hurting yourself and helping out a friend in need? Or are you that person that will never be asked because your shoulder or your lower back are always hurt? Often more times than not, when I assess my clients on their past injuries and or their lack of mobility... It's hardly ever a story about how they got hurt in the gym. It's always how they tossed a frisbee and injured their rotator cuff at the park or tried to win a prize at an amusement park and twisted or blew out their knee. Now, why does this happen? Before you blame everything on getting older, you have to understand the benefit from strength and resistance training. It's not always about looking your best, it's also about moving better and being more confident during real life situations that call upon you to be safe and strong during an awkward or a vulnerable position. Do me a favor. The next time you watch a sports game or your favorite show on Netflix, try this. Sit on the floor. Yes, the whole time. If you start becoming fidgety and notice that you start getting very uncomfortable, don't blame the floor. Blame your hips. As Shakira would say, hips don't lie. And when you're sitting on the floor, try crossing your legs like you did in kindergarten. If you find that your knees are popping up and won't stay down close to your feet, this is a huge sign that your hips are extremely tight. In addition, if you start to feel a slight discomfort in your back as well as your legs, or you feel that your legs are cramping and or falling asleep, you need to DM me fast. In all seriousness, it's not the end of the world, but because of our inactivity, and yes, I'm going to also blame COVID, sitting in a rounded shoulder forward position for most of our day is not optimal for us. Our ancestors averaged an amount of 15 to 20,000 steps a day, whereas most of us struggle to even get 5,000, let alone the recommended amount of 10,000. Now, when this happens, the source of our pain travels from our hips and towards other body parts that take the pain. So your joints end up becoming the punching bag, sort of speak, because your hips Now, so we're talking your knees, your ankles, and especially your lower back. You might think that the source is coming directly from there, but I can guarantee you that the source is mostly coming from your hips. Now, I could go on forever, but I'm really excited to explain how and reps and weight and rest times are not created equal and should be designed according to your goals. Next time, I promise to help the ladies also in figuring out that if they wanna tone their bodies the way that they want, they have to put down the baby weights and lift heavier with lower reps and longer rest, rest periods. And what if I told you that by lifting weights, light weights for that matter, with higher reps, that you're actually sending a signal to your muscles to get bigger and not more firm and toned like you really want. I'm basically going to explain to you that you need to start training in the exact opposite manner of what you're doing now. It's going to be a good one. Until next time. thank you friends for staying in the zone if you enjoyed the show please subscribe and leave a rating and review on apple Podcasts, and make sure you pass the good word on to your friends and family better yet download the anchor app search for the comfort zone podcast and press the message button and drop me a comment or even a voicemail i would love to read and answer your wellness questions on the show you can hear the comfort zone on anchor apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and any other platform you use to tune in remember You can allow yourself to make big changes if you reach outside of your safe place. So let the comfort zone give you that little extra push that you need. As always, stay authentic, stay humble, and stay awesome. See you next time.